1: Hey everybody, this is Quentin Flynn and you are tuned in to The Geek Show. It rocks. You roll. Got it memorised? Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Scratch and Sniff, the Suck It and See, the I Don't Know How That Got There of Science and Technology Podcasts. We are The Geek Show, I am Rob, and also here is is, is Rob as well.
2: Hello. Um. Yes. It's your turn to be someone else this week. I was sweaty yes, I, Jessup last time.
1: Yeah, yeah, you were. I'm Uncle Phil.
2: You can't be Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil's adorable.
1: Yeah, I'm Uncle Phil who's been reanimated as a white guy in, from the north of England. I am the oh. spectre of Phil, Uncle Phil that's possessed somebody else.
2: Oh, this could go horribly, horribly wrong, but we're going to go with it. Um... And
1: Uncle Phil is has, re, has uh, possessed me with one golden mind. What? Take me to Hollywood and give... Will Smith a slap upside the backside of the head?
2: Oh, the biggest wedgie possible. I saw the uh, musical trailer for Aladdin. I'm sorry. No, just no, no, no. Yeah, I saw, I saw it before um,
1: Avengers Endgame and I had my headphones on because, you know, it's just 25 minutes of adverts. I don't care. But even with my headphones on, seeing that Aladdin trailer with Blue, with Will Smith who blew himself, <laughs> there's, there, there's an Arrested Development joke for you.
2: I still laughed.
1: Without the audio, I still laughed.
2: Yes, (laughs) yes, yes.
1: And Uncle Phil has has possessed me with one goal in mind, to give him a a slap upside the head. So this week, I am Uncle Phil.
2: You've mentioned the Aladdin trailer, and so we might as well start off with uh, some stuff from the world of entertainment. Okay. We might as well. And obviously, the biggest story in entertainment is going to be Game of Thrones. I don't think
1: I'm the right person to be on this show.
2: No, (laughs) no, no. You are the right person. And the reason why you're you're the right person is because I'm not talking about anything to do with Game of Thrones. What I'm talking about is the reaction to the final season of Game of Thrones. Season 8 has had so many people giving it a negative reaction that they basically started a change.org petition which currently... Currently, it is uh, at well, the it's at one million four hundred sixty eight thousand four hundred forty four signatures to remake the entirety of season eight of Game of Thrones, but with competent writers.
1: Yeah, this is just stupid people, isn't it? One point four million stupid people. You should be grateful that it got to eight seasons. Yep. Because what is it? It's it Iron Island produced mega. Fantasy, political, blockbuster series. I guess blockbuster, it kind of defined that in a different way. With boobs. With boobs and incest. Which has <laughs> had eight seasons. And even though I don't like Firefly, that was much more populist And much that, more popular. Yeah, and that barely got one. Well, it was much more popular kind of after the
2: fact. Yeah, it so it the fact it eight seasons. And you're complaining about the last season not being very good. Hey, I wanted more Farscape. I was denied. So deal with it. I've got no sympathy for Game of Thrones fans. Yeah, it's just ridiculous, you know. I mean, this is what fanfic's for. Just write a fanfic and do that. See, the thing that, I, the thing that annoys me the most about Game of Thrones is that everybody bows to Game of Thrones. Everybody, quite literally, bows to Game of Thrones. Do you know who bows to Game of Thrones? Ensley mm. Insurance Services has bowed to Game of Thrones as well. Okay. The British insurance company, Ensley Insurance Services, has recently launched its spoiler cover package, which allows Game of Thrones fans to receive financial compensation for plot lines ruined by friends, family, or social media.
1: Ah, oh, the internet's ruined us as a species,
2: hasn't it? Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, you see, this is why I don't get caught up in zeitgeist. Um, if something's good, it'll stand the test of time. Yeah. If something's just the hot thing at the moment, it'll be, like talked about and discussed and become obsessed over to ridiculous degrees, like demanding the writers do the season over again.
2: Yeah. Do you know why they want that done? Do you know why they've got the petition going? It's because, and I'm looking specifically at uh, certain fans from video games who complained about the original ending of Mass Effect 3 and managed to get the ending of Mass Effect 3 changed because that set a precedent and it now did. everybody thinks that everybody. Now everybody thinks, I don't like this ending. I can get it changed by complaining about it.
1: Yeah, it's just the absolute privilege of it. I mean, it's finished, it's over. I just enjoy the fact that it happened. Yeah. I mean, fair enough, the last season might not have been what you wanted it to be, but you can't make everybody happy. I mean, out of. That's 1.4 million out of how many?
2: Yeah, but I mean, the I, thing is, uh, by all reports, the last season isn't great because. They don't have any books to work from, they don't have any writings to work from, and so the last season is all on the actual writers for for Game of Thrones themselves, rather than Martin.
1: And then there's the problem, it's a victim of its own success.
2: Yeah, see, if that was me, if I was the person in charge, what I would have done was say, okay... Game of Thrones Season 8. We want to keep the quality up. We want to keep the level up. We want to keep the standard of uh, writing up. So, Guru Martin, draft us a plot line to run through. We'll flesh out the details. Just basically tell us the major events. You don't have to follow your original story from there, but you're a writer, you're imaginative, you're creative. You can surely come up with an alternative story that follows the TV series in a heartbeat. It'll give you five minutes. I well, mean, qualified... not five minutes.
1: Like, give him a week or two. Yeah. thing is...
2: um, We've just Maybe been not just... awake or two. Give him a while, but the point is why isn't he writing why isn't he wrote anymore? Because it's Gur Martin and he is officially the magpie of the writing world. He is distra- distracted by literally every single shiny thing in existence. We talk about him a lot on literary loitering, and if you basically put together a list of things that Martin isn't doing or isn't signing up for, it would be a very short list. I mean the fact that
1: George R R Martin has become a household name near enough because of Lord, not Lord of the Rings. That's a different person altogether. Yeah. Because, <laughs> because of Game of Thrones, he's just ugh.
2: yeah. I know. Um, it, basically, Girl Martin right now, it, it's like the it's like the Winds of Winter is you know those kids when they you tell them to do the homework but they want to do everything else but their homework. That's Girl Martin right now with the Winds of Winter. Yeah, I mean I don't think he's got. I think the pressure's going
1: to be on him massively now.
2: Yeah, I know. Um, Anyway, shall we leave Lord of the Rings to what? Sorry, uh, see, you did it to me now. It's your fault saying Lord of the Rings. Shall we leave Game of Thrones... I hey, nobody
1: complained about the ending of Lord of the Rings because there were so
2: many of them. No, I complained about the Lord of the, the ending of Lord of the Rings because it went on for so bloody long. Peter yeah, Jackson, you you, you I'll complain you... about it? No, because I'm... it was
1: literally, every, it was,
2: it was, all, everybody had an ending. It was no, all the endings. No, it just went on forever, and I, I just kept thinking, how big do you think my bladder is, Peter Jackson? Are you dying here? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not Peter Jackson. I'm pretty sure Peter Jackson died in a
1: in a really cool accident and in like, uh, in New Zealand, and they just replaced them with some generic fat-bearded guy from New Zealand in a Hawaii shirt.
2: Or is it just Taika Waititi in a fat suit? And it's just Taika Waititi in a fat suit, who's
1: just not trying. <laughs> there we go. Mysteries are afoot this week.
2: Um, speaking of directors, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> more entertainment news. Right, did you know Saw is getting a reboot? I did, yeah. Okay.
1: I also know who's doing it. Who is Chris it? Rock, isn't it?
2: Yes, it is.
0: Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a news story. It's a swerve.
2: The it, it's it's, thing is, I can understand... I mean, hey, uh, John Peel has done Get Out and Oz, yeah? Well, it's not just that. I mean,
1: Halloween was done by, uh, what's he called? The guy who did Eastbound and Down, whose name I can never remember.
2: Yeah, this is true. Comedians seem to have a good reputation doing horror movies now, so I don't see why not. It's just when I first read it, right, I got confused between Chris Tucker and Chris Rock. Well, Chris Rock has
1: actually marked himself out as a good like um, filmmaking talent because he did a movie a few years ago called Top 5. Yeah. Which was really quite a nice movie, but to go from something which is just basically like Brooklyn um, Richard Linklater movie. Yeah. With like a, an actual funny person at the helm of it, to Saw, yeah, that's a jump.
2: <laughs> yeah, even bigger jump was what was going on in my brain when I got confused between Chris Rock and Chris Tucker. Okay, that does not, uh, uh, you know, Chris Tucker directing Saw would be a complete. <laughs>
1: well, I think both of them really. I mean, Saw, what is Saw? Saw is basically it's a torture scenario of the week. Basically, it's basically torture it, porn. Well, that was what it was. The term popular became popular with a puppet thing uh, is the sort of avatar for a guy a puppet called Jigsaw, little thing on a bike, I think it was. I can't remember. And he captures people who've got to do horrible things to themselves in order to survive.
2: Yeah, and uh, he says to them, do "You want to play a game?" Things like that. He says, "Oh,
1: they got Monopoly."
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could I could kill for a game of Cluedo. What about Pictionary?
2: Mario Kart. I go with Mario Kart. Yeah. And it's just, if it's going to be
1: somebody as wildly different to like, I mean, just before I get to that, the fact that it's like a person of color and a comedian is showing that horror is actually growing up quicker than mainstream Hollywood is. Hollywood mainstream. But at the same time, if it's going to be someone like him, it really has to be something completely different. Yeah, and I just don't know what he could do. It's it's really interesting. I feel. Yeah, I agree. But it's as a horror fan uh, and as a anti fan, as a hater of all things horror remake. This is the first time where I've saw the news of one or whatever and thought I don't know what this is going to be.
2: See, that's the thing. I I honestly can't figure out where he's going to take the reboot because. Saw is a very simple idea.
1: Yeah. I mean, with other horror reboots, it's basically the same, but with new actors, CG, and sort of the the, the bite taken out of it.
2: But with Saw, it's such a simple idea that it's very difficult to do a reboot that actually has teeth. Pardon the phrasing. Um,
1: I mean, teeth beyond the gore.
2: Yeah. But, I mean, we're so desensitised to that sort of thing now. You know, The gore is just basically there. Yeah, I mean, well, I, liked about Final De- I liked Final.
1: Destination because
2: it was creative.
1: Yeah, with
2: I, how it. <laughs> it yeah, I, I mean, Death basically became a Rube Goldberg machine. So he you know. did, but this this
1: is just sort of a horrible contraption in which somebody saws their own leg off. Yeah, and you can't read. Where's the room to wig- Where's the wiggle room there to reboot it? It's see, interesting. I see, think
2: this is the thing. If if he takes it in the direction of you know, do you want to play a game? And you say Monopoly. And so they're on a giant Monopoly board and one person is in a car, another person is hopping around in a boot or something like that. And they have to try and kill each other. Instantly. Yeah, that's just really weird, Rob. Yeah, I know. I'm just coming up with ideas. I was leading up to Giant Mousetrap, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he completely
1: abandons any sort of faith to the original and just sort of goes somewhere else. Yeah. Just uses the, the survival mechanic to go somewhere else. Yeah, I think it could be interesting, but if it's just the same, but hey, it's a black voice at the helm, it
2: could be a disaster. This is true. This is true. Anyway, leaving that to one side, we're going to head off into technology. Yeah, there's a big story. Are we doing that one? We are doing the Huawei story. Yeah. It's kind of the elephant in the room at the moment. Uh, Huawei being, uh, well, they've all but been crippled by the US government and Google, haven't they? Yeah, because what's
1: happened is Google have cut off all upcoming handsets from getting updates from Android Yep, and cut them away- off from the Play Store.
2: Well, this is the thing. Um, the U.S. Department of Commerce has granted uh, American tech companies a 90-day extension to working with Huawei, who basically said, we will sign anything you want us to sign to you know, promising that we aren't spying on people. You know, we'll do whatever you want. So Huawei... See, I don't know whether to trust Huawei or not, Um, but I also know I do not trust the US government at all. Yeah, uh, especially this iteration of them. Uh, where they basically spin a bunch of half-truths and suddenly it becomes the truth. And I'm like, well, no, it was only a half-truth. Where did the truth come from? Um. Well, Well, the the most
1: powerful country in the world is in the hands of a paranoid delusional.
2: Who is slowly slipping into into, uh, senility. And that's scary. Yeah. Sorry, uh, American
1: listeners, but it is true, isn't it? Let's be fair.
2: exactly. You've got a senile man at the helm of your entire country with his finger on the button. Good luck. Um, Anyway, here's the thing. Huawei might not be as out of uh, luck as people think. No, I mean... It's just before you get into what you're going to say. They are one of the most
1: profitable um, mobile phone companies because all of the others are hemorrhaging yeah. their sales, but these are actually growing exponentially well, year on year, significantly so.
2: This see, this is one of the reasons why I think this uh, this might be a fix up, right? Um, so there's several reasons why. Number one is that uh, handsets for the top brands, Google, iPhone, uh, you know, Apple. Samsung, um, they're all getting more and more expensive, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Huawei is uh, mid-range or budget, depending on which... No, no, they're also very... They're P30 and they're
1: mid-whatever range are very expensive too. How much are they? like? They're the same as the Samsungs, but the thing about Huawei is they're catered to all... Markets in yeah, the mobile phone that, space. That's what so I'm saying. Low, mid-range, and high.
2: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Huawei might have expensive handsets, but they've they've got much better deals in their mid and low range. Yeah, they cater to everybody. Yeah, um, but they don't just cater to everybody. They basically uh, have different uh, brands under the Huawei parent brand, don't they? Yeah, Honor um,
1: exists because Huawei disliked the name Huawei is disliked in certain territories.
2: Yeah um and so that's one of the things that uh, that's one of the things about huawei um but the other aspect of it is that uh it's the actual uh processors the actual uh chips the manufacturers of those all those companies that provide huawei who are the biggest moni- mobile phone manufacturer in the world right now mm-hmm. all those companies are suffering the knock on effect of all of this but one of the reasons why huawei see this is why uh, this is this is why I think that this might be a stitch-up. Because Huawei sales have been on the increase, whereas sales of Apple and Google phones and uh, Samsung phones have actually been decreasing.
1: Well, Samsung is Korean, but Google phones have never really taken off the two niche. Yeah. That's why they've got the, the X, the 3A and the 3A XL. Yeah. But iPhones, yes, they are definitely. And Donald Trump is very much America first. Everybody, He's a nationalist, yeah. Yeah. America first, everybody else last.
2: In order to protect an American company, I wouldn't put it past Donald Trump uh, or the U.S. government from basically spinning a story and causing mistrust uh, towards a particular company, especially a Chinese company, because China are the big bad at the moment to Americans. That's been for a while, and it's incredibly paranoid thinking. Yeah, it is. But uh, China is that kind of country to cause that paranoid thinking. That's the problem. China doesn't help itself by having all of that control freak issues.: It's a dictatorship.
1: it's a modern modern dictatorship as far as dictatorships go, but yeah, it's a, a dictatorship, it still is.
2: but anyway, um as I was saying, Huawei might not be as out of luck with the loss of the Play Store and uh, the Google updates as everybody thought, because, according to certain reports, Huawei might already have its own App Store. It's the
1: operating system as well, and both things are very, very much within Huawei's capabilities to just sort.
2: And this is the thing. If Huawei did its own operating system as a counter to Android and iOS, that would be
1: a game changer for the industry.
2: It would be a game changer for the industry, and uh, I reckon that it wouldn't be long until people started developing stuff for Huawei's operating system. Uh, well, I don't think it'd be as black and white as that. I mean, maybe. But I also
1: think it'd see more sort of high, uh, well, the successful branches the successful brands making their own operating system. It'd sort of it hit Google so hard. Yeah. The idea that this concept that it was always iOS or Android is basically skilled.
2: Well, remember back when it was just iOS and then Google released Android and all of a sudden mm. there was two? And then uh, Microsoft tried doing their own version, and there was others that uh, tried doing something as well. But uh, and you had like BlackBerry with their own operating system, but nobody really liked Blackberries. They used them because it was a status thing for business, but nobody really liked Blackberries. I don't think. So what we're saying is basically Donald
1: Trump has done the. He is. He's, he's, he's actually done
2: Huawei a favour, I reckon. Yeah.
1: He's done the, he's the mobile phone industry if this actually goes through in any sort of significant global way, but at the same time, he's taken a lot of the power away from, uh, in the long term,
2: he's well, taken a lot of the power away from this, Google in the mobile phone space. This is the This is the big problem, right? Um, and you are exactly right in what you just said. This is the big problem. See, people are going to want these phones regardless. And um, for private people, for people who would just want to own a mobile phone, they don't care about issues about spying or anything like that. They just want a decent mobile phone that they can show off to their friends or they can use for the camera or whatever, uh, or they can use as its primary purpose as a phone, mm. all right? So they're not really into all of these issues. They just want something that works, something that's affordable, looks good, and does the job for them. Yeah? Would that be yeah, fair? So if Huawei totally have their own operating system... And Google gets a kick up the backside because Huawei have got their own operating system. I don't see a problem with that. I think that opening up the, open up the field to another operating system, great. More competition the, for Google.
1: In the short term, it'll be awkward. But in the long term, yeah, it would be fantastic for the industry.
2: And as I said, more people will ultimately jump on the bandwagon and start developing for for a new operating system on mobile phones. They I reckon
1: will. other companies, Samsung will probably make their own because they're big enough to do it.
2: Yeah, Samsung are big enough to make their own and Huawei are big, big enough to make their own. And I reckon if they do, and we've got four different operating systems to choose from rather than just two, right, you'll have a lot more independent development, especially from the Asian region, especially from Southeast Asia. You'll get a lot more app development from that from that region. Well,
1: as they say, copper I don't know whether they say this, but I'm going to say it anyway and attribute it to everybody. But competition uh, breeds innovation.
2: Yeah, it does.
1: Uh, and just two horses isn't really an awful lot of competition.
2: Two horses isn't a race. No. Nah. It's a date. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough about horse dates. Google did do something right, though, right?
1: Go on. It's not Chrome, because Chrome's terrible. But No, no,
2: we we agree Chrome is terrible. But Google researchers actually trained an algorithm to detect lung cancer better than radiologists could. What did Google start off as? It was a search engine, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: Their development as a company is really rather miraculous, isn't it?
2: It's not just miraculous. It's also kind of haphazard when you think about it. So Uh. we're going to go and develop an algorithm that detects lung cancer. I'm going to do make it so it works better than radiologists. Why? Because we can. Not, they're
1: one of the biggest companies on the planet.
2: Well, yeah. The findings were published on Monday in the Journal of Nature Medicine that aside from just a high accuracy rate, the algorithm has outclassed radiologists under certain circumstances. And out of, uh, of 6,716 cases from the National Lung Cancer Screening uh, Trial, um... It basically got. uh, It was basically accurate in one thousand one hundred and thirty nine independent clinical cases, and it's got something like a ninety four point four success rate. Ninety four point four percent success rate. Well, I hope this is Google being altruistic. I would offer. I would offer this straight away. uh, Well, with a bit more testing to make sure to improve the accuracy, maybe by a couple of percentage points. But I would offer this to uh, hospitals straight away if this is having these results. Not the American health industry, because that is so cynical, that industry. Well, it runs on insurance, and I'm not going to get involved in that because there's a whole background story to that, which I'm not going to go into.
1: Give it to the NHS.
2: Yes, yes. I'm
1: not just saying that as an English person. I just genuinely think the NHS is one of the finest things that... Well, yeah, it is an English thing.
2: (laughs) I (laughs) I was waiting for you to follow that thought through through to the end.
1: Yeah, NHS is one of the finest things that the British people have ever done, I think.
2: Yeah. Um. Anyway, speaking of large American conglomerates and businesses that have far too much money, do you know what Amazon's doing?
1: I, just, I knew you were going to say Amazon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Go on. All right. Amazon, you know Amazon warehouses? Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of them
1: scattered in the, in the uh, industrial states up and down the country, up and down the world.
2: Yep. Yeah. And you know the workers in the warehouses are very hard done by, yeah? As the stories say, yes. Amazon is currently experimenting with a pilot program that turns warehouse jobs... Well, it basically gamifies warehouse jobs. Okay. Basically, this new system... The company is claiming that this new system is meant to break up the monotony of day-to-day tasks required of its workers, but has conveniently led to competition among employees to outperform their colleagues, according to reports. They basically turned work into a game of sorts. Now, what sort of work though, you know the uh, the grueling, back work that you find in warehouses, which is logging things around. are. Uh. yeah. Um, so the games themselves, right? Uh, they're kind of quasi quasi video games, and they're only available at five warehouses as part of the launch program, and. The games are Mission Racer, Picks, uh, Picks in Space, Castle Crafter, and Dungeon Duel.
1: The first one, you've got to be careful of Chinese guys wearing brown leather jackets. Yeah, I
2: know. Um, basically, these... That's a Shenmue reference. Yeah, these games are played on screens at the workstations to which Amazon Warehouse's re- robots deliver items to be sorted and reward workers with points and virtual badges and other goodies throughout a shift were divorce in the reality of it. How was how, how the staff appro- uh, feeling about this? The staff apparently like it because uh, it speeds up their work day because they're playing a game rather than doing work. And they're still underpaid, though. Yeah. And overworked. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point, then? <laughs> because you can exploit people better when they're enjoying themselves. Yeah, that is true. Have you never been to a fun fair?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I have. And I totally hit that thing, and I totally should have had that prize. <laughs>
2: you definitely caught that duck.
1: Yeah, it was a duck, actually. Yeah, of course it is. You know me, Rob. Ducks I know are, ducks, are, ducks. are God's creatures. <laughs> uh,
2: speaking, I mean they all are technically, but yeah. speaking <laughs> of God's 1. creatures, interesting segue you gave me there. Speaking of God's creatures, something that everybody hates: wasps. And no, I don't wasps mean are assholes. Yeah, I don't mean white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Okay. Oh, the
1: other wasps, yeah.
2: (laughs) Anyway, um, a bunch of volunteers have risked various forms of uh, of, uh, stinging uh, in various parts of the body and headed out into uh, woods and fields last year looking for and gathering data on wasps as part of the big wasp survey. And they put down more than 2,500 wasp traps to see what uh, wasps they could capture and they found all sorts of different types. But now, after the classification has been done, and everyth- all the data has been compared and everything like that, um, they have discovered that the scientists are calling for, well, one scientist in particular, Dr. Uh, Serian Sumner from University College London, my old stomping ground. They're one of the leading ac- academics prepared to die. Well, uh, they're one of the leading academics dealing with wasps, and they want... A rebranding of wasps. Uh, Dr. Sumner claims that wasps are the maligned insect of the insect world. They're viewed as the gangsters, whereas actually we should be viewing them as beneficial insects. They're doing us a favor, and we're just completely overlooking that favor, because apparently some of them do act as pollinators. Some of them control insect populations by eating the insects.
1: Oh, yeah. Wonderful.
2: Yeah, wasps are jackasses. <laughs> the the great thing is this article. The first comment has uh, uh is probably, probably one of the best comments I've seen relating to any kind of insect. The basic the first comment says insect chavs. All they do is fly around and start fights. Yeah, that's kind of true. Especially
1: those countryside ones Have you ever seen a countryside wasp? Yes, I think they're the things that nightmares are made
2: out of. I've also seen hornets. When I went to Bangladesh, it was big. It was black. It was scary as hell, and it sounded like an uh, like a helicopter taking off. <laughs> okay, yeah. what was it? The wasp version
1: of Dragon Pilot?
2: <laughs> no, it was it was massive. It was the size of my thumb.
1: By the way, uh, Dragon Pilot is a anime on Netflix, and it's adorable. You should totally watch it.
2: Yes, I know. I have seen it. I was the one who told you I was, you ref- to watch I was it.
1: referring to the listeners. Not not. Oh, oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's interesting because we are back at uh, entertainment, and that's convenient. Because okay. guess what got reimagined as a musical.
0: <sighs> You're
2: going to give it any codes? Um. Well, I'll say it's it, it's a geek favourite, and it's a movie trilogy. Ah, oh, because you see, my first thought was going to go with um,
1: Batman and Robin. See, having Bat nipples as a musical, I think, is the right place for it. But then you said. Trilogy, I don't know
2: back to the future,
1: ah, that's kind of,
2: well, yeah, yeah,
1: I forget that exists because I'm the one person in the world who doesn't like it.
2: This is the thing I don't see back to the future, getting reimagined as a musical, I don't quite understand since the movies are still available uh to watch and enjoy if you enjoy them.
1: well, I think the best thing about I mean, I don't like um back to the future. But the things which makes it work are the cast.
2: Yeah.
1: And you're never going to get as good of a Michael... and not, not, uh, Marty oh. McFly. Yeah, you're never going to get as good of Marty McFly as Martin Michael J. Fox. You're <laughs> never going to get a good Doc Brown as the guy who played him. whose name's escaped me totally. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. You're never going to cast as well as them.
2: And as far as I can see it, they'd just kind of be like a
1: jukebox musical.
2: Yeah. And that's that's what I don't understand. I mean, it's uh, it's... Going to London's West End in 2020, but it's currently at the Manchester Opera House where it's, uh, you know, it was at the Manchester Opera House from February. I think it's just finished its run there. So they're preparing to head to the West End. And it's got uh, Ollie Dobson playing the role of Marty McFly. Yeah. But as you said, without Michael J. Fox, who was perfect as Marty McFly and Christopher Lloyd, who was basically born to play every mad scientist in Hollywood and yeah, they can never cast anything as well as that. Yeah. Um
1: and I'm saying this as somebody who doesn't like it so um I can respect good casting when it happens.
2: I mean if you put if you basically said Christopher Lloyd just give him every mad scientist role in Hollywood, right? He'd fit, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, cuz he has that sort of energy to him. I mean, can you imagine Reanimator but with him as Reanimator?
1: Why would you say that to me?
2: It's perfect, isn't it? Well, I need I that in my life now. Why would you say that to me? I'm forever gonna. Oh, listen, you weren't on four panel um, when I came up with the ultimate movie, and which was Genghis Khan, dinosaur hunter. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect, isn't it? I mean, when they when they're doing when the, when the Khan's army is conquering the world. And they've stumbled on this area that ha- that's previously been undiscovered and they enter a savage land filled with dinosaurs.
1: That's what comic books are made for, that story. But um, <laughs> this one, I think when it comes to uh, adapting a movie to musicals, I think you need to go outside the box. I respect the fact that they did a Spider-Man musical, even though it was like so horribly over budget and many a- the actors who played Spider-Man were, were horribly maimed. Like, uh, Evil Dead musical, I think, is a great idea because it's something so different. Yeah. I mean, it's so wildly different than its origin. This is basically going to be the same thing, only downscaled because it's on a stage. Yep. But with, like, jukebox musicals, something which is completely... Like, I don't know, it's uh, a spitballing in a realm of horror. A Nightmare on Elm Street uh, musical, I think, would be interesting.
2: Actually, that would be interesting as a musical. Yeah. Oh, no, because then they'd have to do Freddy versus Jason as a musical. That's fine. Um, I think Get Out would actually make a good
1: musical because it can have that sort of conflicting musical um, numbers where a person's singing like different chor- chorus as different versions of the character. Sorry, spoiler.
2: Yeah, but, the weird thing is, us would work like that as well.
1: I don't know if it'd be as good as Get Out, but there's so many things within the realm of horror and within the realm of geek which I think would translate better to musical than Back of the Future would.
2: Yes. Um, Anyway, leaving Um, that to one side, it's time for us to talk about Pooh. Do we have to? Can
1: we just talk about things that make better musicals?
2: Well, we kind of have to because we have to carry on with the show, and I know you could talk about musicals all the live long day. Mm. (laughs) Reanimator would make a good musical. In fact, I think it was at some point. Actually, I do remember Reanimator the musical. I remember Cannibal, the musical.
1: Yeah, that was uh, the thing which uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker did first.
2: Yep. Uh, Anyway, researchers at the University of Texas Medical Branch at Galveston have been doing some research to find out why coffee makes you poo. (laughs) Can we go back to the very previous story? I don't want to talk about this. Here's the thing, right? They still don't know why coffee makes you poo. They know coffee has a laxative effect. That, but they still don't understand how it works, and so uh, I think it's it's it's
1: it, it, what you call it, isn't it? It's like um, cocoa. Cocoa has a natural laxative effect.
2: Yeah, but the thing is, researchers at the University of Texas Medical Branch at Galveston fed a bunch of rats a tiny cup of coffee for three days straight, with different groups getting a both caffeinated and decaffeinated coffee, and then the researchers checked the downstairs, uh, checked basically uh, the poo of the rats and examined their examined their physical condition and probed the various rats to find out uh, whether they were defecating, more or less, and why. You see, we have these stories,
1: don't we, every now and again, where like, scientists are doing amazing things and then other scientists are basically like licking batteries. <laughs>
2: exactly. And this, this is, is a licking battery story, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is a licking battery story. Yeah. Uh, oh. at least we, At least we have a title for that type of story now yeah, looking battery scientists I mean yeah. okay yeah it's accepted coffee makes you go makes you poo it speeds up your metabolism so yeah okay we understand you're probably going to poo you don't need to research that why are you researching that
1: you need everything you need to know you've got all the information at hand that you need to know
2: well they reckon it might help with certain digestive diseases and stuff like that and maybe it will you know Maybe it will, but I feel sorry for the for the highly caffeinated rats. Yeah, because they're going to be really on edge, aren't they? They're going to be really on edge and dying to go to the toilet. <laughs> but they're going to be looking at the side and just going, he, he's staring at me, I can't go while he's staring at me.
1: Yeah, this is what this is what happened with Pinky and the Brain, that's what happened. That's how they were like that.
2: Oh, yeah, that explains a lot, actually. Too much caffeine. <laughs> and they wouldn't let him go on the toilet, just kept staring at them.
1: Yeah, I mean, brain is what. Now, Pinky's what happens when you have caffeinated. And yeah. Pinky
2: is decaf. Yes, Pinky's definitely decaf. Um, right. So, uh, only a few stories left before we hit the end of the show. And um, first up is a toy. You remember Tamagotchi's? Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Uh, they were kind of around at the same time, possibly, as Pokemon was out as a L- card
1: game. A little bit before it, I think.
2: Was it a little bit before it?
1: Anyway uh, Card Game, yeah, it was the same time as the card game, but yeah. Tamagotchi predates the Pokemon Game Boy game.
2: Yeah, I'm not on about the Game Boy game, I'm on about the card game. Um but anyway, Tamagotchis, uh there are uh, they never really went away. They took on different forms and you know, they the actual brand died a little bit, but then was reborn as a new type of Tamagotchi. And it's had more than one revival and re-release. But now there's a new type of tamagotchi a new scary type of tamagotchi because what, this
1: somehow merged tamagotchi with those Furby things oh my god why would i even say that that's disturbing
2: see no cuz then you that you've just hit the next stage of evolution there right this is the stage before when tamagotchis can marry and breed
1: this is this seems like david cronenberg somehow got into a marketing meeting <laughs> at the tamagotchi company
2: yes <laughs> It's, it, it, it's, I mean, I, uh, I read this and I went, why? Why? would uh, uh, People had enough pro- trouble taking care of one Tamagotchi. Why would you want them to mate and breed and have more Tamagotchi to take care of, resulting in more ultimate death?
1: When... I understand what Tamagotchi if our Tamagotchi, are basically to teach kids how to look after pets.
2: Yeah, but, but then uh... they're going to forget to look after their Tamagotchi and then they're going to pick it up again. Oh, my Tamagotchi died. Yeah, I mean, it was like a very 1990s thing. Hmm.
1: I don't know how it could really maintain, to be honest. I mean, there are some people who actually kept the Tamagotchi's lives since their heyday, here, which is an achievement. Yep. But really, though, um, I think that sort of thing needs to move on. Games need to move on. Because that's what it was. It was a game.
2: Yes, it was. A very personal, private game that you played by yourself.
1: Yeah, not touching that. <laughs>
2: Anyway, 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 two stories left. First one, you remember we were talking about proxies. You could hire somebody to do certain things for you.
1: Oh, yes, yes I do.
2: Right. And there are a whole range of services on offer that you can hire someone for. Everything from protesting in your place. Which bugged me, but yeah. To fighting against bullies for you. To
1: asking the date out. To to doing speed dating via the medium of adorable robot.
2: Yeah, um... Chinese, The Chinese online marketplace Taobao is now offering a new proxy service where people have the chance to hire a professional quarreler. Is it by a chance an English person? No, but it is somebody who can argue on their
1: behalf. Is well, I mean, you've got to, ask you to peel back the layers of the story. Are people needing... I mean, is is China particularly argumentative right now?
2: Well, yeah, they're arguing with they're arguing with Donald Trump Donald Trump just has a louder voice and is better at shouting back incoherently at China which China is probably see Donald, I have Donald Trump pictured as you know the old guy who just you said it best I think the old guy who just shouts at passing cars clouds. <laughs> sorry passing clouds incoherently um, and China's on the other side of the fence going what is he talking about now and they've hired people to try and decipher this this ancient hieroglyphic speech that Donald Trump is coming out with. And now they're trying, you know, if they go on to Taobao, they maybe hire their own version of old man shouting at passing clouds. I mean, the whole idea of, like, a proxy for arguing is so stupid.
1: It's like you want to argue. It's like you're saying, I want to argue, but I'm terrified of arguing. It's just such a broken concept. Yeah. I mean, if you want to argue... You- you argue. If you don't want to argue, you don't argue. So you want to argue, but you don't want to argue, so you get a machine to do it for you. There's no line of logic to this whatsoever.
2: That's what I mean. Um, the thing is, you can hire a professional quarreler who's willing to argue on your behalf for anywhere from for anywhere from uh, 5 yuan, which is about 74 cents, to 20 yuan, which is about $3. And it sounds cheap because all the arguing is done via phone call or texting not face to face. So basically what you're paying for is for somebody to phone up who you're arguing with and shout at them over the phone.
1: I feel I've had my I've had my calling in life.
2: It's the job for us, isn't it?
1: Yeah. The amount of times that I've had to shout at those people who claim to be from Microsoft and claim I have the software that fixes my computer. Yeah. If I got paid to shout at those people, I'd bring them all on. <laughs>
2: See, I would class that not so much as prof- uh, as being a professional quarreler. I'd just, I'd just say, look, pay me for this, and I'll shout out whoever you want. I know you would. You're that sort of person, but <laughs> I, that's only because I'm completely mercenary. Yeah, this is such a weird thing.
1: It, there's no logic to it whatsoever. It's interesting, but it's completely illogical. Yeah, and I'm not just saying that because I've recently finished Star Trek Discovery, and logic is somehow trapped in the head. <laughs> Seriously though, Star Trek Discovery is not a Star Trek series. No, we'll it's We'll get into not. that maybe another time.
2: No, it's not. But yeah, another time we'll talk about that. Um, anyway, last story. And uh, this I don't understand a lot of, right? There's an art project. And you know how artists are. They're always a bit strange, yeah? Can be. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's a Samsung laptop that is being sold as an art project. It's an 11-year-old notebook and it has been air gapped and a security measure has been taken to isolate it from other networks. And it has it has purposefully been installed with six notorious viruses. The WannaCry virus, the ransomware that hit the NHS in twenty seventeen, the I Love You virus, which was released in the year 2000 and infected fifty million computers in two weeks, including the CIA, Pentagon and the UK Parliament, My Doom which was a rapid-spreading 2004 Windows email worm that looked like an error message, Sobig, which was discovered in 2003, one security company told BBC News 1 in 17 emails it was was carrying the virus, Uh, Dark Tequila, which was a keylogger malware designed to steal financial data and login credentials, and Black Energy, which was used to attack Ukraine's power grid in 2016. So all six viruses are installed on this laptop, as an art project, and how much do you think the bidding was at at the time this article was written, which was earlier today? £3.50. Nope. I'm
1: scared to say it's a lot of money because this is kind of like cultivating viruses for very evil and reasons, and I don't like to think that would be a possibility. And it's obviously going to be a really high number, which scares me. It's art, goddammit. No, no. How much did it go for?
2: Well, it, I don't think the auction has, the auction ends today, um, but at the time of writing, it was at one point one million dollars or eight hundred thousand oh, pounds. What's wrong with people? <laughs> but 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 the auction has basically it's bemused cybersecurity experts all over the place who are looking at it and going, "Why are you spending a, over a million dollars on a laptop like this?" when You could save yourself a million dollars and just leave a laptop with no security on it on the internet for a few days and it'd have everything anyway.
1: The thing is, art, art's basically a parody of itself, isn't it? I know this is like a theme of literary loitering. Yeah. Art is like proper art. like Not movies can be art, not video games can be art, not music can be art. The traditional sort of artist, the worlds of artists. Yep. Like somebody who says, I am an artist. Like a movie maker will not say I am an artist unless they're a colossal douchebag. That sort of world of of traditional artists, it's so bloody pretentious. And this might be possibly its peak pretension in a long time. True though, isn't it? Yep. It's impossibly pretentious, this. I I yearn for the days of putting a cow in for a mile, I can never say that word, and cut it in half and put it on display. I yearn for the days of that. Because that was, you know, there was something there, something visual there. This is art where you can't actually look at it. Because if you turn it on, I think all the viruses would eat each, each each other and just sort of explode into a black hole or something.
2: This is true. Uh, just
1: art you can't actually enjoy. That is so pretentious.
2: Well, it is. The laptop was running during the time of the auction, so. You
1: can't have it on for a long amount of time, though, isn't it? It's not like a piece of art you can have in your house, like as a display or on the wall or... I'm, in your, in your, on your grounds, maybe in your property, it,
2: maybe it's like a, gladiator, uh, a gladiatorial arena. Maybe they're just testing out which of these viruses is the strongest, the deadliest. I'm amazed it works because I'm assuming it'd just set in fire after a while. Well, I get the feeling it's kind of a Mr. Burns scenario, you know, Montgomery Burns, where he's got... all s- of the
1: viruses are keeping he, keeping him alive. Yeah,
2: the are basically... Uh, the door's only big enough for, like, one virus at a time, but all of them try to get through at once, so they're all just jammed in the doorway. Yeah.
1: This is just confusing me about the art world, because, yeah, it's just really, really confusing. See... There's nothing artistic about it whatsoever.
2: All I'm doing is preparing you for when you uh, when you eventually join us on Literary Loitering. This is all I'm doing. Yeah. This is just training. This is... This
1: is it's not art.
2: It's not, is it?
1: I could... I, I could... um. I could basically my bowels could loosen and I could just jettison my bowels everywhere over my bed sheets. and that is more artistic than this. Well, and you could enjoy it. Well, I say enjoy it. bit <laughs> of <like> an impact.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wasn't gonna go with the word enjoy.
1: <laughs> it's a visual piece, and you could, you could get some sort of emotional reaction to it.
2: Maybe you could use it in the advertising
1: for Transporting Three. Yeah. It's like I could use it in advertising for like pure chocolate. So really, don't eat it before bed because it has a very strong laxative effect.
2: Oh, coffee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Anyway, um, that's your love for this week.
1: <sighs>
2: and a very strange week it's been.
1: Now, thank you for listening to the, the edition of The Geek Show. If you do like it, and uh, don't forget to subscribe give us a rating a review it helps with visibility and when you're an independent podcast like we are we need all the help to be as visible as we can in a realm of increasing the celebrity fronted titan you can also check us out on youtube and um, we're launching an awful lot of programs in the coming months so getting in ahead be uh, a great thing to do just search for the gig show on youtube check out all our podcasts on the www.thegeekshow.co.uk but uh, yeah until whenever we meet again and talk about whatever this was (laughs) I have been Uncle Phil
2: and I've been Rob I'll see you next time